You're listening to Irish Radio Candidate Home Abroad, and this week we're focusing on DACFEST, which is running October 26th to 30 under the auspices of the Irish Film Festival here in Ottawa, and it will be available virtually on the IFI player commencing on the 26th, and we'll get details to you on how long you have to watch it and when you can watch it. And what the cost associated with this and all those kind of good things. And you can actually get your tickets as and from now. And one of the movies that's included in the documentary is 100 Years of Ulysses. And we all know that in there was an awful lot of talk about Joyce during the last 12 months. And 100 Years of Ulysses is produced by Create One in association with RTE and ARTE. And it's devised by historian Frank Callanan and directed by Ruan McGann. And uh, Ruan is here with us. And Ruan has a long history in the movie industry, and he has uh, worked on documentaries which have included working for the Discovery Channel, the History Channel, and a variety of other, uh, what would be even on this side of the Atlantic that we'd be familiar with. Ruan, Tafalta Roth. So, Hopefully all your uh, listeners are, are fluent Irish speakers. <laughs> of course they are. Of course they are. And Patrick Burry is here with us as well. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Patrick. Ruan, uh, a little about yourself. You're, uh, you're a dub and you have been involved in the film industry, the movie industry, uh, from what I can see, going well back into, what, about 2000 and... Since the black and white era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Since before they had that, before they had sound, I'm an old man now, so I've had a long career and um, been at it since um, oh, the late 80s, early 90s, I suppose. Worked in movies for a long time, for about 10 years, and a great privilege of working on, say, with Ron Howard and on uh, that wonderful epic Far and Away uh, as a trainee and then sort of worked my way up, you know, through the system Um and uh, one of my, I think the, the the film I always look back on with greatest pride of having been involved with was the one from Michael Collins that Neil Jordan made, an, an extraordinary film for everybody who was involved. And then after that, I sort of sort of kind of began diversifying into documentaries uh, out of the movie business. And ever since, I've been you know primarily doing documentaries. I do stage shows, I do some drama work, I do movies as well. Um, um, but yeah, in the last the last bunch of years have been a lot of documentaries. Yeah, well, and one of the things I gathered from just what you said is there would appear within the movie sector at least you can have a career path that may not be there in the music industry. So you know that when you start out literally backstage, you're learning, but that there's a, an ultimate career path that you can follow. That's that's an interesting that's an interesting perspective. There, there is there must be because everyone I know has had an excellent, excellent career, no matter whether in sound or production design or directing or writing. Or, But the funny thing is very precarious. So your job to job, it doesn't feel like you're assured a career. It feels like the very opposite. Um, so it's terrifying every every year. And anyone in the business will talk about that. There's just this sense that you're never going to work again. Um, my mother, God bless her, tells me all the time, but you always, you always get another job. What's your problem? But I, you don't see it like that. But at the same time, for anyone young out there who's thinking of getting involved, yeah, yeah, there, there, there is an amazing career progression through it. You start out in some form as a trainee, whether it's, you know, in a production company or, or a, on set, on a movie or whatever you find. And then, you, yeah, you sort of navigate your way as you learn on the job. It's an interesting one. It's very much an apprenticeship uh, type of business. No better way to learn. And given that uh, cinema and theatre 
while they're very close together on one way, they're very far apart. So I would see that, you know, what you, your end product has the ability to travel globally without you having to travel. Whereas if you're in the stage environment, you literally have to keep your audience alive every night in a different capacity. There is that. But I mean, if you look at something like Druid or Michael Keegan Dolan's amazing um, dance shows, you know, they can they can go out with that leader there um, and they can tour or river dance, I suppose, would be the obvious example. Um, it is possible for stage um, to, to move around the world, too. And we're living in a very interesting era at the, at the moment, aren't we, where screen is very hungry for content. And yet the, those great moments of the, the big spectacular uh, launch of a project is sort of the, that's kind of beginning to dissipate. There's so much content out there. Um, people just sort of hoover it up wherever they want. Um, so it's a, it's a funny time. We're definitely in a time of transition. And that's in a very appropriate way to talk in terms of a hundred years of Ulysses because Ulysses is that wonderful work that many people have on their shelf, but never open the cover. <laughs> and to take on a task of looking back and doing a retrospective of a hundred years of Ulysses, that in itself would have forced you to open the cover. I'll, I'll be very frank. Um, I was terrified, absolutely terrified with this one. And and before this, I'd taken on, I mean, taken on that, but with, with brilliant teams and amazing scholars, but we tackled the Irish Civil War, which is, you know, a difficult project and 1916. And that's kind of challenging in its own way. Um, the history of Ireland in all these different ways and, and, and the, the Irish famine with the hunger, which I know Patrick uh, showed pre- before. And, and these are, these are big things, but nothing was as terrifying as Ulysses and James Joyce. And, and to be honest, I'd never read it. I was like these people who'd, who'd, who'd started it and started again and started again and just never, never got further than about 50 pages. I put it off for so long, even though we had the commission. I mean, I knew I had to do it. Right? I just put it off and, and until and not quite the last minute. But what I did eventually is I, I set aside three months to read it, not 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 like a few weeks. But and uh, and I read it with Elman's extraordinary biography of, of James Joyce, um, which kind of really helps as a primer for the book in a, in a very odd way. And then and then just gradually read it and taking notes as I went through it. And and of course, like everyone who goes through the process of reading Ulysses, you come out completely changed. I mean, it's just the most profoundly beautiful experience you'll ever have. It's like jumping into the universe, a kaleidoscopic universe where everything exists, everything you've ever thought of exists and all the things you never thought of exist. And you just swim your way through all of those things and you come out the other end going, oh, my God, I can't believe anyone managed to conjure all that up and put it down in a fairly coherent way in in one single book. Um, Yeah, absolutely most amazing thing I've ever had the privilege to do. You used a word there that many would challenge, that it said coherent. <laughs> I think it's almost coherent. I think I think if, I'm not sure. I'm not say almost coherent. <laughs> Before this talk, I just put, took the book down again and and just started scanning through it. And God, yeah, I mean, once you get how it ticks, it it does. It all locks together. And you know, there's you know, for example, stately plum. I think Paul Muldoon, the poet, put, pointed this out to me. The word plum, the second word in the book. Um, sorry, stately plumped. Plump, fuck mulligan, but plum is in plump, right? And that word plum features the whole way through the book. I think there might be 20, like 20 or 26 references to plum or something to do with plums or something being plummy or to plumb the depths or, you know, so he's, he, he ties the book together in the strangest ways with these amazing concepts, which are for him just playful things that he's doing. But I, I can't talk anymore about this book 
uh, or about the documentary, but I was speaking about my, my uh, amazing partner, Frank Callan, who, uh, whose idea the documentary was. I would definitely never have been brave enough to, to suggest I do it. And uh, so it was Frank's idea. And Frank was uh, he's sadly deceased. Um, and he, he died just in the final weeks when we were completing this documentary. So it's almost um, it's almost his gift that he left behind for us. And he was a Joyce scholar as well as an eminent barrister. Um, and he was has written a book um, on Joyce and nationalism. And of course, the great you know theory or, or or thought of Joyce is that he had you know turned his back on Ireland, abandoned Ireland, left it. Didn't want anything to do with it. Disdained Ireland, and and he's you know he's brilliantly critical of of the Ireland he left behind in in Ulysses. So you can you can definitely make that stand up as a coherent argument. Um, but Frank sort of felt well that Joyce had been misjudged, therefore, as being an anti-nationalist or anti-nationalism, anti-Irish nationalism. And so it took me a long time to come to terms of what um, Frank was talking about. But he, he would sort of point us towards Charles Stuart Parnell, who was this great leader, the greatest leader Ireland nearly had and then didn't have because of a scandal. And so Charles Stuart Parnell was, um, he was leader of the Irish Parliamentary Party and he had a, he had a scandalous, um, affair with a woman and this, and, and this brought him down. But there was this moment that Frank Callan suggests that Ireland could have had a different future which was without the Catholic Church in charge, which was sort of very open, um, non-judgmental, very tolerant of difference. Um, a, a, you know, a brilliant and open country that was about to grow had Parnell remained in, 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 in the seat. But instead what happened, he fell and the church got hold, it's got its clutches on Ireland. And, and Frank Callan would argue that that's why James Joyce left, because he yeah. could see where Ireland was going to go. And if you look at... Joyce's life, but then if you look at Ulysses, you can see uh, this theory sort of um, emerging very strongly once you start looking for it. And Parnell is mentioned many times in Ulysses, um, as of course is the church and his feeling towards that. Um, anyway, so this is so this is all about Frank teasing out this this incredible uh, thesis, which, as you see, if you see the documentary, you'll note that we bring it to a very strong conclusion towards the end that that Joyce is actually being uh, uh, something of a prophet in Ulysses, and he's recognizing the dangers of nationalism as a force. And then, if we look back at how the Church strangled Ireland in a way in the 20th century, you can see that that Joyce was perhaps again uh, a visionary in, in a way. And it was a shame we weren't able to listen to him, maybe in a in a in a, in a deeper fashion. A non-scholar having read Ulysses over the period, and then uh, sitting across from Frank, who was a scholar, and given the debt that he would have studied over the years, and you as a novice, that conversation then, was it as difficult in many ways as the actual reading of it itself? Because I'm thinking that Frank would have challenged your perception on many of the things that you read, or that you you interpreted. Yeah, no, undoubtedly. Frank had only been thoroughly and disappointed and frustrated every day or every minute he had to talk to me about it. Because, you, you, yes, as you say, like, uh, w- w- once you get some kind of deeper understanding of Ulysses and Joyce, you, you, you know, it gives you a certain power, doesn't it? And, and you can see, perhaps not as Joyce saw, but you can definitely see deeper into things. And Frank definitely had that capacity. I felt like uh, Eliza Doolittle uh, in Pygmalion, right? So... I was Eliza, and he was sort of, uh, sort of teaching me uh, how literally to speak English, how literally to think, 
uh, again, anew, afresh. And uh, so it was a great privilege to spend that time with Frank. Um, now, interestingly, we're cousins, and his father and my father were double first cousins. My father was old enough to be my grandmother, to be my grandmother's age, right? So my, to be my grandfather, he was the same age as my grandmother. Now, my grandmother was a woman called Sheila Humphreys, and she was a strong uber nationalist, um, very much a participant in the nationalist struggle. And so everything that uh, Frank Callanan taught me that Joyce believed was the antithesis of what my grandmother believed. But my grandmother had semi-reared us as, as children, which is why I speak Irish, which is why I probably make a lot of these documentaries. The thing is that that my father didn't believe in my grandmother's nationalism. Um, he was more a Redmondite. He was more, he believed in Joyce's uh, perspective. So the thing I learned most sitting at Frank Callanan's knee was what my father believed was the potential of the country could have had. Now, that was an extraordinary thing to go through, to get to know. He died when I was um, in my teens. So to get to know my father through Joyce and through Ulysses and through Frank was a very interesting experience. But I think, uh, just to finish that, anyone who reads Ulysses is going to find some kind of transformative experience like that. That's what it does. You'll find whatever it is you're interested in, in Ulysses. Um, it, it, what, what hit me immediately, I finished it, was it's a bit like Vegas. It's like it's got whatever you're looking for. What you've described in itself is such a large talent that to take that and then to translate it into a documentary within a finite time that you can convey what you need to convey in that finite time. Yeah, I, I, I wish I wish I could say, OK, this is what we did, Austin. <laughs> we went. You know, I sit and listen to filmmakers explaining their massive plan and, you know, how they went about it. and all that. For me, it's not like that. I kind of very much go with the gut, very instinctive responses. I remember the first thought I had was, don't mention it's not Green Sea, right? That was, if we could start there, there's one thing right, we'll do. We won't do that, right? Because I, I just, you kind of, every time you meet Ulysses, you meet that phrase. The other thought I had was collaborate right, very deeply. Because that's kind of what I began to understand Joyce is trying to tell us, right? Be open to other people's ideas. Be open to things that you haven't thought of. Be open to being terrified and frightened sometimes by the unknown. You know, don't be closed, be open. I think that's the big message of Ulysses. Like we, we collaborated with, with just the most wonderful people in terms of uh, some graffiti artists and some we commissioned original art. Um, we shot it in this strange, wonderful way with the camera team. Um, the editor absolutely took charge of, of the pacing of it. Um, Anne Skelly narrated it in a really, really joyfully playful Dublin accent. She's an amazing up-and-coming actress. That was it. Just collaborate very deeply and, and try and guide it. Now, now the, the, the thing was, you know, Frank Callan would always be able to go, you have to put this in it, right? So this, for the, the, this guy who, who never gets cited is Valerie Larbeau, who was a uh, a postmodernist uh, writer of some note in Paris at the time. Now, you know, he's unknown now unless you're, you know, a French scholar. Um, and, uh, but so why does Frank point us towards him? Well, because when Ulysses is launched, Larbo is the guy who launches it. He gives the speech and Larbo and Joyce sat together and kind of the thinking is that Joyce kind of said, just say these things, right? And so, I think I should put it here in front of me. In writing Dubliners, Portrait of the Artist, and Ulysses, Joyce did as much as all the heroes of Irish nationalism to attract the respect of intellectuals of every other country toward Ireland. Now, Frank Allen's thesis would be that Joyce wrote that, right? 
And he's saying that, you know, he's done more than all the heroes of Irish nationalism, right? So, so that kind of, the fact that we had that kind of insight from Frank Callan, that we could plant and try and figure out where to put them and build a story around those ideas meant we were already halfway there. And it also meant the documentary is, is about Ulysses, about Joyce, but it's actually about an idea as well, right? So, so that, I think those things made it easier. Given that uh, there was so much going on about Joyce during the year and there was the film festival in Dublin, I think the Bloomsday Film Festival and all the other things, did you find that that or were you in any way in, I won't say intimidated, but concerned that you were in a packed field on a particular year? I was really surprised. Arte put it on YouTube for a month because um, we'd given them a license to do that. It meant the whole world could see it for, for, for four months, for sorry, four weeks. Oh, my God, it was so moving, the, the responses. Because one of the things that I wanted to do, perhaps it wasn't on Frank's agenda, but I wanted to, to deliver the same excitement that I'd felt reading it and also to try and – it's not terrifying and scary. He's just being very, 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 very cheeky. Right. He's, he, he, it appears to be terrifying and scary, but it actually isn't, right? So there's a couple of chapters which are just almost no-go areas. But other than that, mm-hmm. once you get the hang of it, it's really quite straightforward to read. So I just wanted to try and give people a little bit of a glimpse going, you know, here's another key, here's a key, here's another key that you might be able to, you know, arm yourself with as you sort of head into the book. So, so it's deliberately playful in, in the way that we structured the narrative um, it's it's cheeky as well in terms of the, the use of words and the pacing of the words. And, and sort of we, we also juxtaposed lots of bonkers shots as we edited. Um, but they're all relevant to the text and to the book and to the documentary, but kind of edited in a, in a, in a way that in a way suggests what the way he writes, which is utterly playful. Um, I think the one the thing I learned, the greatest thing I learned along the way was somebody pointed out, you know, he loved the fact that the J-O-Y were in his name, Joyce, because he's a man who just is constantly pursuing joy. How would you describe how you have changed as a result? Well, um, um, and I mentioned my father and I mentioned the learning and I mentioned loving Joyce and the joy. And the, but I think it's more than that. I think it's it's uh, now it put it it puts it up to you as a creator just to be more brave and to think more and bigger and larger and then don't be afraid then to then connect you know those bigger thoughts i say that so the greater span um that's of the vision that you found due to the fact that you're trying to think a bit like joyce i mean you'll never get near him the guy's an absolute genius but he does he does unlock a little bit of our thinking processes and maybe freezes up the mind a little bit i think i just i do feel lesser but i'm probably greater for that does that make sense you, yeah. you recognize you're, you're no way near and never will be. But, you know, there's more to pursue. Don't, don't get bored with right. the pursuit. Ruam again, Gramila uh, Margaret, it's been wonderful chatting with you. Again, the details are the DocFest is October 26th to 30th. The documentaries will be available to watch in the order that you want at the time that you want between those dates and uh, one you can either buy a single viewing for an individual or you can buy a season pass for the whole six in the series and you can get full details of that at irishfilmfestivalottawa.ca and it will then direct you on where to go from there and it will be on the IFI that's the Irish Film Institute viewer Ruan Grumilamilamagat thank you Ruan.